Time for bed. But Christmas is tomorrow. I'm too excited to sleep. Would you go to sleep if I told you a bedtime story? Okay. Twas the night before Christmas, and Mommy and the kids were worried about Daddy when they heard about the bus crash on the radio. But Daddy came home safe and sound, and it was the best Christmas ever. Yay! However, everybody on the packed bus died, and their family spent Christmas Day identifying bodies and planning funerals. What the fuck? Christmas Carol Catastrophes, a podcast about the oddest Christmas songs ever unleashed on an unsuspecting public, starts November 17th. No, really? What in the actual fuck? Hello and welcome to Pods Like Us. I'm Martin Quibell, known to my friends as Marv, and this time I'm joined by Kevin and Chris from Digging in the Dome. Hey guys, thanks for speaking with me today. Thanks, Marv. Thanks for having us. So the show name then, where does that come from? So, Christopher, you uh, can take that one. I'll, I'll, I'll roll with that one. So, Since um, you came up with it. I So uh, the podcast started like uh, around the pandemic um like around march 2020 yeah. and uh originally it was just me um and i i it i called it skullduggery but apparently that was taken uh the second episode in and then every episode after that i invited kevin because doing it myself didn't feel like right and as kevin has uh, pointed out many many times it sounded like i was like spouting a manifesto of my thoughts <laughs> It didn't work out like I'm, I'm much better with a co-host. So and uh, this guy's my best friend. So um, it was really easy to talk to him. So it was Skullduggery. Skullduggery was uh, taken by another podcast. And we Kevin and I have been in a band um, for God, how long we were in a band for like 15, 16 years. Uh, oh, my, yeah, it was it was decade and a half easy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And but we've known each other since second grade. Yeah, we've known each other. Uh, and, we're both, and, we're, and we're both in our, uh, I would say, late 40s now. <sighs> Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. yeah, so we've known each other for a very long time. So and, the podcast, it exactly. started out as just kind of, you know, a, uh, you know, us telling stories about being in a band and, you know, going up and down the East Coast and, you know, playing at places like CBGB's and trying to kind of get famous and be successful and having an indie, uh, you know, indie label deal in hand. And then just falling into the the classic yeah, trappings shit. that bands fall into, um, yeah. you know, uh, sex, drugs, rock and roll, divorces, alcoholism, uh, you know, all those types of things. And eventually the band disbanded. And, you know, Chris's idea was basically like dig into the minds of not only us, but eventually the people that, you know, we've we came across and uh worked with in the past uh played music with and you know ultimately interviewing them and kind of getting inside their heads and you know talking to them so it's not only just getting inside the the madness that's within the brains of myself and chris but also other people that we've met along the way for example uh we had 
uh, DJ Bonix on, who's uh, with Leaf as DJ, and actually Snoop Dogg's on his la- on Snoop Dogg. Oh yeah, right tour. now he's with Snoop Dogg. That's um, right. So um, you know he's a local guy. He lives about twenty minutes from where Chris and I are. Um, mm-hmm. The guitarist for uh, Candlebox. Yeah. Um, what know, was the band that he was in before? Was it Octane? Uh, he was in Octane. Yeah. Right. So he was in a band that at the same time that we were, we played together, and mm-hmm. he ended up he ended up blowing up and you know shooting the moon and becoming the lead guitar player for Candlebox, and we yeah. were we yeah, were and, stuck and playing playing ten, yeah, 10 up blowing other things <laughs> <laughs> up our yeah. noses mostly. Um, yes. But uh, it was uh, it was the, definitely the brainchild of Chris. Um, you know, I, I, I'm more of the, I would like to say the color commentator. Um, if we're, if we want to use a football reference, uh, yeah. American football, not European not football. Um, what, what is that? So even? Soccer? Kind of... that? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, now be nice. Kidding, I'm kidding. Kidding. I'm not trying to. <laughs> Jesus. I'm not a fan of <clears throat> soccer anyway, so you can carry on. All right. Keep going. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> soccer cool, stinks. On soccer. Soccer no, stinks. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. I actually <laughs> get paid a shit ton of money though. God damn! I actually and I enjoy soccer. My my soccer my cousin is my cousin's a very big Liverpool fan. Um, but uh, yeah, that that that's kind of how the podcast started. And you know, we kind of do little bits, and you know, Chris can talk a little bit more about that. You know, kind of the stuff that we put together that we do try yeah. to do for every podcast or every other podcast, just to kind of you know compete with each other slash um, yeah. you know make each other battle. laugh. Um, yeah, the 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 name though like the the reason that we really got like skullduggery because i mean there's probably some pods that have um very similar or almost exactly the same names but i think um i got at least a little bit gun shy because um our band is called deciderata and we got a letter from a band like, i'll explain a, what deciderata is first right so, Deci- so deciderata Deci- is a poem yes that it starts go placidly amid the noise and hate it's a max erheim poem yes. um so well, one of the guys in the band uh came up with the name we decided that we, that was great um much to our it was a stupid uh, thing to stupid, do because like every because, time yeah, like, it's people would announce it, be like they look at their name because it's d-e-s-i-d-e-r-a-t-a so a bunch like a stoned mc would be like Desperata, <laughs> desertata, <laughs> uh, desperata, desperata. It's like, oh, none of this is working well. Desiree's tatas. <laughs> oh, it's so, the uh, it, it, it's the Adam Sandler joke, isn't it? From uh, from Click, isn't it? You know, oh, Mister Ab Ab Abba Baba. Ab- yeah, exactly. And all that, you know, Hubba Bubba. We <laughs> keeps getting the person's yeah, name wrong. That was pretty yeah. much every if we did if we played a every gig, gig that we played. There, they were there's zero percent. We can go to the sound guy and be like, look, it's this da si da We would spell it out phonetically for people. We spelled it phonetically on mistake. our for, on our first CD. We spelled it phonetically on the cover of the CD because we nobody did. could yes, pronounce it. That is correct. Because we wanted to make sure people <laughs> understood with it. And every time anyone asks, what's the band name? They always say, What was that again? Like they don't know what we're talking about. So so anyway, we, it was this famous poem. Yes. Take it away, Chris. Yeah. So then we got a letter from a another band in like Michigan that said, of course, there's another band with the name Desiderata. And they were like, yeah, you cease and desist by their lawyers to use it. So like, I, I guess part of me was a bit gun shy, even though at the time, like we just started out. I'm like, we can't use the same name as another podcast. I thought, I thought we got a cease and desist from the family of the, of the, the Erheim family, the guy that wrote the poem. 
No, I, don't I think remember. Was, I never I saw can't remember. I, th- I thought it was another like uh, like a like a mariachi band that was like, we are deceased. <laughs> you cannot be. So we we ended up changing it like very slightly um to Desiderata with a C, so we could actually continue to to like be called that because at that time we had been doing it for a while, um, and we had some kind of notoriety. And then, so when we did the podcast and it was like Skullduggery was taken, I was like, I'm not going to even fuck with this. I don't need some fucking dude in like you know, in in Peru like trying to come after me with some like Day of the Dead shit. I, no, I'm not doing it. So we changed it to Digging in the Dome because it kind of had the same kind of thing. Skullduggery, digging into the skull, digging in the dome, kind of the same kind of concept. So that's where we landed and why we had this lovely logo. Cool. So well, you've already gone to that then. Let's see that now then. So the logo, who came up with the logo and yeah. I'm going to let Kev take that one. That was me. Um, It's kind of, uh, it's kind of designed off of, uh, you know, I guess it would be an old gold coins, you know, kind of pirate, you know, type uh, gold coins. Um, So a friend of ours who we had on the podcast, um, uh, Canvas uh, Designs is his business. Um, His name is Cam. Um, He's out of California. He he did the actual design for us, but I kind of mapped it out for him. I sent him a picture of the coin. I said, you know, we kind of, it's kind of digging in the dome. So we kind of want the pickaxes, you know, kind of the skull, you know, kind of harkening back to the skullduggery part of yep. that Chris explained. Um, and that was my concept. And I really kind of freehand drew it out real quick and sent it to him. And he is phenomenally talented and Same. came up with that. And he's, he's done logos for very famous comedians. Um, uh, Burt Kreischer's recent tour, the fully loaded tour. He did all the logo design for that entire tour. Um, he's done stuff for Tom Segura, uh, a bunch of other um, comedians. And, uh, you know, he took it and ran with it. And, you know, props to him because he did it incredible justice um, just coming out of, out of my brain soup and, and, and coming up with the logo. But really, it just it really kind of looked if you look at a if an old old gold coin that you would find in an, in an old you know, pirate movie. That's what it kind of looks like. Yeah. I, I also like the fact that he did like iterations of it. Like, so we've got other logos. You got one that looks like Star mm-hmm. Wars, says digging the dome looks like Star yep. Wars. Um, and so he like did, he, he yeah, took he did it a whole like, package for it. He's a phenomenal he's dude. Awesome. Yeah. I, we could not I'll shout recommend him Cam the more. The he's the man. Canvas Design. Go yeah. check him out. He's not cheap anymore either. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> Let, let's let's level set here. If you think that you're going to be, he didn't get this pro bono. We had to pay money for it, and he's way more expensive now. So we got him like no, yeah, yeah. But he's worth it, every penny. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. Yep, he's like all those musicians you keep singing, you keep talking about that you've uh, chatted with. He's now yeah, famous, yeah. and you knew him before he was famous. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> yes, that's yeah. I mean, he was on his that way. Keeps, we kind of caught happening. him on the upswing. What's that? I said that keeps happening to us. Yeah. Well, other people get okay. famous around us. It happens to me. You know, I've got all these guitars back here. I've played in all these bands. And yeah. every and most of these people have gone on to do other things. And I'm here doing a podcast. But there you but, go. You know, there you go. Yeah. yeah it, we're doing things. We're on Roku, damn it. Everyone celebrate. We are. We're on Roku. <laughs> What's up? With, with Pod Nation. We are. Yes. Indeed. No, longer, TV. no longer the Planet X Network. No, that's been that has been we've been we've been disavowed it, even though uh 
that was a pretty cool name. I guess we, he got he got letters for cease and desist. What is this? Like it's like a plague. Like we can't get away. Whatever we're involved with, someone's got uh, our name somewhere already copywritten, and we're getting screwed over. Even if it's not ours, we're just uh, affiliated. So we're bad luck, I guess. People are either getting famous or sued because of us. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> Famous, famous or famous biography. Let's give you our biography. <laughs> our biography. Famous, famous or, or infamous. Yes. Yeah, there you go. We're a little bit of both. So what inspired you then to start to doing the show? Actually, no, before I ask that, I will say that there, there is something cool about when you two talk. I only mentioned it on Facebook earlier on with somebody, and I said uh, to one of my bandmates, I said, it's something that I miss, which is, do, do you remember the, one one of the weird things about when you're in a band is most of your rehearsal time has nothing at all to do with getting the songs off pat. It's all mm-hmm. the crap that you talk about, about, oh, I went to see this film. Have you heard this this music that's come out, this new album by such and such? It's all the chat mm-hmm. that you miss in those rehearsals and those writing sessions. That I really miss that. And you two talking reminds me of that a lot. Yeah, I mean, we did lots of. Uh, I mean, we. I guess we have technically three studio albums and and a, a half a studio album that's never been finished. Uh, but like that time in the studio or rehearsing or whatever like that, it was mostly just hanging out with people that we were so like. I, I, the chemistry of that band like is is definitely, and I I want to separate it from Kevin and I a little bit because Kevin and I had chemistry well before. Cause I've known him like my entire life. He's like my legitimately uh, like my brother, you know? So like, you know, he, that that's beyond that. Like you're absolutely right. Like those times when you're just sitting around talking shit um, with your, with your boys and um, you know, spending all those countless hours together. And, and you know, there is a, an element of trying to get the songs right, obviously, but the, a lot of that in between time when you're trying to, you know, again, you're bonding and that's really I think one of those things that's a bit unsung when you're talking about bands, which is um, that if you don't have like personal chemistry, I don't think that you can have musical chemistry at all. Cause we brought people in like when, like we had like people like kind of dip out of the band, come back in when you're bringing somebody in to replace somebody that you have that kind of connection with, it's very, very difficult to be able to get, we had um, um, uh, someone come in just to do like extra vocals do you remember that, Kevin? And and oh, yeah. whose name I'm not going to mention. No, we, we will not like, mention. We were like, e like it was it, it wasn't a good singer, but also like you know again it's just you're you're introducing kind of a a um uh a, a foreign individual into your um into what you've already created, and it can be very challenging when you're doing that. I I, I kind of envy bands that uh, have the ability to a degree that have the ability to be able to kind of swap people out and say, I'm going to just bring this person and they are kind of almost like it's almost seamless. We had such like good, um, cause we were an original band. Obviously we, were, we, we wrote music. We got signed to a label. We had such good chemistry when we were writing music that I think that that kind of translates over to how like we were able to in the band. And then, you know, even more so as, you know, people that were already really, really well connected um, as individuals continue that path. So it's really easy to be able to do to do the podcast because this is how we talk all the time. Yeah, and it's it's it, it's funny too because like in the the band was not only Chris and I but two other guys in the band we also grew up with. Yeah. So we were 
there were four of us that known had known each other since literally since fifth grade grade school um, yeah and so you know being in a band together in our 20s we knew like we knew who could do what you know everybody kind of had their role the thing um and then as soon as that started kind of messing up like we started to mess with that formula that's when shit went off the rails yeah. um you know started adding in other people other people were trying to do stuff with the, which was outside of their really their either their comfort zone or their ability zone and that's when shit just went haywire with yeah. as far as the band was concerned with the podcast chris and i you know we're just we're the same on the podcast as we are in person like Indeed. with without a doubt um and so that it makes it kind of easy because we're not trying to be something that we're not like the way that we are personality wise you know the 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 things that we say the things that we do is exactly how we would be if you met us in in person on the street um you know it's not it's not rehearsed rarely do i ever bring anything written um to to the podcast um you know unless it's something where you know where we're actually you know s- trying Precise. to like you pick a draft uh, do, do a draft of the you know our favorite things about fall or you you know, one, yeah. our least favorite wrestlers of all time you know shit like that where it does take a little bit of research outside of that you know what you see is what you get when, when it comes to the two of us which is which is pretty great yep but i, I remember that um i mean staying on that for a little bit because you know it's very rare that i get to talk to people who you know have been been in the music business same as me so and in, in bands the, another thing that i used to do a lot was when we used to be in the studio for instance and there'd be a bit of tension and you'd be trying to nail the part or whatever and then you sometimes you know people might get a bit tetchy with each other and a bit you know have trouble problems with each other or whatever i used to have this thing where i'd be like do you know what i've turned to the engineer in the studio and i just say right we're just going to have an early break here. Okay. And then I'll say to the others, come on, let's get away from this for a bit. Let's go somewhere, have a drink, have something to eat, just us time, catch up, just talk about anything. And then when it's calmed down a bit, because you'll find that going back into that, the friendship that you've got, that the band's built on originally anyway, I always found that then we do that. And then you'll get to that sort of like, you've calmed down. You go back into the studio and you hit it straight away like that. You've got that. You've got what's needed there because that tension's been pulled away. And the fact that if you're in a band like that, it's easier because you know how to be with each other and how to get the best out of each other as well because you've got that background. Yeah, I I would agree that. Like I think that um, I I didn't really. I, I don't know, Kev. You feel different. I don't feel like when we were in the studio that there was. A tremendous amount of tension there like we did have our moments in practice and no, stuff the, like, yeah the studio was never the problem it was it was always at shows or something that, like that right? it was always the shows of pra- practice live shows or practice was always the problem studio was always on point like really never kind of had any disagreements with arrangements or any sort of backlash with um you know you know people not pulling weight or 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 right. you know any disagreements in the studio it was always practice um or the decision making outside of 
um, you know, outside of practice or the studio that was really the problem. Um, you know, we're, there were, there was just people, uh, that were really good, uh, from a chemistry perspective musically. Um, but then people that were not so good from a chemistry level personally. Um, and that's really where kind of the rubber hit the road with us and, and, you know, shit kind of went, um, off the rails. Yeah. I I think that like the, the good news of all of that is that through the tough part of like, you know, having yeah, uh, like a kind of a breakup, what happened to you? You just did, did you uh, get my lights went out. I'm trying to turn it back on. Kevin went we dark. Go. And my lights went my lights went come out. to the dark side. Yeah. Uh, yeah there my he lights is. went out behind me, so I just Be had back. to turn them back on. <laughs> um, I used up all the solar power. I, I thought uh, maybe like one of our ex bandmates like did did like ramboed you, like came up <laughs> <laughs> it is around, it is around Halloween time. Like, yeah, if I just see like, me get, and I'm sitting outside right now. So if I get, yeah, I know. I'm saying, like, you're, you're literally <laughs> prone for 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 injury. At least I, at least I've got an alibi. I'm here. Yeah, there's no, I'm not. It's not the fucking prestige. I don't have like a twin. So I, just, <laughs> uh, the prestige. But, uh, so I, I again, I think that like uh, Kevin just points were spot on. Where it's like you know we we had. We had our moments in the band where, like, again, personal tensions, I would think, are kind of like more people that had that kind of, um, there was a lot of ego. Obviously, there's always a lot of ego in bands. And I think the the good news from all of that is that at the end of the day, we are all still really good friends. You know, like, Kevin and I are, are way closer than the rest of the people, but, like, uh, you know, because we are, we're doing the podcast. We're doing together. stuff together. Yeah. yeah. And so those other guys like have gone like on to f- f- quote unquote retire from the entertainment industry and go and like live normal people lives, you know, like for the most part, you know, a couple of people do some things here and there. I think our drummer, Anthony, who is, I, I got to say, maybe the best drummer, I best drummer I've ever played with, maybe the best drummer I've ever seen. Uh, like he's just incredibly talented. Definitely like definitely the, the, the most talented person in our band by far. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. I'm sure he's still doing things and, you know, like stuff like that. We keep in touch, but, you know, that's really all you want at the end of the day. We, you know, even if we didn't, cause it's how many, like it's a neat, it's a, uh, a one in a million chance that you're going to make it as a musician. Cause there's so many of them out there. Um, and the fact that we could have a band that had the, the success that we had um, be able to play at the cool places. Like Kevin mentioned, we played at CBGB's, we played there four times. Um, in, in the CBGB's book, there is our sticker is like kind of front and center in this one picture. It's super cool, cool, right? Like being able to play in an iconic place like that. And um, just, again, being able to have the experiences that we did, um, I think really. And then being able to do that, have the kind of breakup we did, get back together and then kind of end as friends, I think was uh, for me, like maybe the most rewarding part of all of that. And obviously from that, to a degree, was born a um pretty successful podcast so that's cool too it's cool it's a cool podcast so okay. you've gone into show history and have, have you described you've described the show as well yeah yeah i mean like kevin kind of hit it like we we do interviews with people for sure yep. right like that's something that uh and we we've not done as many as we should have been doing lately just because we haven't had 
uh, we've just been talking a lot, like about a lot of things. There's a lot going on in, in our lives that we are just kind of, you know, staying connected on. So uh, we'll get back to probably doing- We, we both have actual corporate jobs too, yes. which, and, and families as well. So it makes, and we, you know, produce, and I'll give Chris all the credit. He does all the backend production of the, of the podcast. Um, but, you know, sometimes it's hard just getting together every other week to, yeah. to record um, because of our schedules. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things where, um, you know, doing an interview here and there, um, helps break, helps, you know, kind of break up those, those moments when maybe Chris and I can't get together, um, to record a full podcast, we'll bring somebody in to talk to them. Um, but it's also the fact that, you know, the podcast is digging in the dome. We do want to, you know, get into the minds of the people that, um, you know, were around, um, you know, Chris is starting to get into the, the stand-up comedy world. I'm meeting people in that regard too. So, you know, we want to start interviewing people in, in that world as well. And, you know, trying to convince other people that we've run across uh, in, in, in the past to, to come on the podcast and talk, um, you know, people that we haven't yet um, gotten famous enough on our podcast to have on. Kevin and I joke that we always have like the 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 janitor's uncle, you know, like the uncle's janitor of the person of of like Bruce Willis. It's like it's never like <laughs> Bruce Willis. It's always like some tertiary character in Bruce's <laughs> life that we end up uh, being able to score. But um, like we interviewed um, Colin Joe's brother, Casey, who is actually in his own right, kind of famous because he is in the Impractical Jokers universe. He's been in the movies and TV. He's a writer for them. Um, But he's, I mean, but it's like, there's Colin Jost, who is ridiculously famous, and he's married to Scarlett Johansson. Johansson. (laughs) And then there's Casey, who is- And he has has not yet agreed to come on our podcast, surprisingly. Yes, well, you know, (laughs) one can hope one day, someday, we'll get him. But besides like the the interviews, which I think is um, definitely a part of it, we- you know, uh, part of the way that at least my mind worked when we were was conceiving this idea was like I came from college radio, um, so I, I I'm used to structure. Um, I also have some OCD, so also structure very important to me. Like having segments and stuff like that, we do that we can kind of go back to. And I think that there is um, uh, value to brand in in those kinds of segments. So we have um, you know we and we it's not like a lot of the things that we're doing. I would say are pretty, I want to say standard, but there are things that other people, we're not, some of the, most of the the segments that we're doing have been done in some way, shape or form. It's just like to a degree, like comedy, when you hear things like, it's like, okay, I've heard that theme before, but how do you make it yours? So we do things like we take headlines and we kind of like joke about what they, the art, it's a clickbait uh, headlines. We joke about what the article could be about. We've been like living off of spout off, which is this newspaper, um, uh, a seg a newspaper uh, piece that we basically it's based about uh, where we came up. We came up in Cape May, New Jersey, and there is this newspaper called the Herald. And in the back of it, there's this thing called Spout Off, and it's all Spout Off is is a bunch of it's like paper Twitter. They're just but without names, so it's like well, sort of like Twitter, I guess, uh, or X. It's just they're saying like um, you know one of the ones was. Uh, uh, does anyone know where I could find some good potato salad? And that's it. Avalon. <laughs> it was just like, what? So we like look at those kinds of things and, and just kind of make fun of them. Um, 
and you know we we break down videos we we kind of post scenarios to each other we have our drafts that we do all the time and um we also have this thing one of my well, yeah one of my i was gonna say the topic randomizer we haven't done in a very long time I'm gonna bring it back um but one of my favorite segments that came out of the topic randomizer is um is uh uh defend your conspiracy theory oh I um, love that. Yeah, it's a good one. which we what we did was we took a conspiracy theory and we made the other host defend that as if they actually believed in that particular conspiracy theory. Which way? It's, so, what, it's one of my favorite segments wait, that we've so ever done. We did, the one we did, there's Flat Earth. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Was one. What was the other one on that same one? It was Flat Earth and then, oh, the faking the moon landing. Was faking the, the moon landing. Um, what right. was the one where the guy, the guy that was uh, defending it, uh, did a movie with Kevin Sorbo and he had the same he had the same last name as you. Yeah. <laughs> climate hustle. <laughs> climate hustle. That's it. It was climate it was, change. It was, it was, climate it change was uh, yeah, you were defending that global warming isn't a thing. Yeah, and I think yeah. the one was um I think you had I had to defend that that one, I think. Um, no, I, I, I you gave it to me. I had to oh, I gave it to it. you, that's right. And then you made yeah. me defend um like th- that Epstein wasn't a suicide or something. Uh or Epstein was a suicide. <laughs> <laughs> so I believe that was also me. Oh, was you? Okay, so wait, what were mine? Then mine were mine. Mine, mine had moon to be landing, moon landing, and yeah, flat Earth. And flat Earth. That's right. Flat Earth. Yeah. You're right. Flat Earth was mine too. So basically, yeah. we just the, the the podcast really is a series of battles between Kevin and I, and 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 uh, ways to find embarrass like to, ways to embarrass each other, make us look stupid. Um, we just did a scenario <laughs> where because um, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. So, yep. so like blowing up the internet now. Um, so the scenario was, and Kevin came up with it, that basically you have to choose your co-host's celebrity um relationship. And the one that's gonna the ones that's gonna pop the just blow the roof off the internet. Right. And so Kevin and I have a, a pretty uh I think it's a it's a kind of ritualistic, but it's also the way that we keep things fair is and who's gonna go first. Right. So we flip a coin to see who goes first. And so there's a good chance that I might choose something of Kevin's or Kevin might choose something of mine if that was something that was. So Kevin, uh, unfortunately, lost that one the last time. And uh, I got to choose his celebrity crush that was going to be his girlfriend. And that was Britney Spears. (laughs) (laughs) And we both had chosen Britney Spears. And this was shortly after she posted a very insane video of her dancing with knives and smacking them off of her. Oh swimsuit yes, and that will it very in, insanely. Um, so we happened to both choose that, so I had to choose someone else, and I believe I chose Jada Pinkett Smith for you. Yes, you did, you <laughs> son of a bitch. That wasn't good for me. Great, I'm getting cucked uh, by the pool boy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for that. Exactly. That's two very topical uh, subjects, right there. This this past week, isn't it? Britney Spears and yeah. the the Will Smiths family. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yep. We try to stay topical yeah. on that stuff too, you know. Yeah. yeah. We're 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 not sure how much of our bullshit makes it over to the pond, um, over the pond to you guys. Um, but uh, we uh, our fan base is weird because we're <laughs> we have like we have like a really strong listening base in New Zealand. Yeah. Um, nice. Kiwi. Yeah, and 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 you're not the first person um, 
from our uh, from England that that has um, connected with us on this podcast. So it's strange because we don't really talk about. I mean, we talk about current affairs, yeah. but not yeah. in the capacity of serious conversations. We'll break down a video of Joe Biden falling off a bike, or um, or uh, who was the uh, who was the guy that just froze solid twice. Um, oh, Mitch McConnell. Oh, he got, got freeze framed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, who, who just literally just stopped talking in the middle of interview. Wow. Um, yeah, so we talk about that type of stuff, but um, we also have like VA, dude, we, we broke down videos of of the dude that was at the town hall that was arguing that you can't call uh, boneless wings bo- boneless wings. Remember that guy? Oh yeah, because it's not actually bone. They're not actually. There's no wings. bones in them, so he was, he was unhappy yeah. that you were calling them wings. He said you can yeah. call them saucy nugs or trash or trash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here, I've, I've given you a plate of trash. Do you want yes, some? Yes. Do you want some sauce with that? Yeah, apparently there. Well, I mean, he was not a big fan of that. Uh, but yeah, we'll like find just like random weird shit. Like one of maybe I, I think I'm pretty sure Kevin that it's maybe our most popular episode. We're like like somewhere close to like seventy or eighty thousand views on it. Um, oh. on YouTube, uh, and it was the uh the one where we did we broke down the that uh the rap battle of uh top that. Teen, oh man, Teen Witch. What or was whatever that? It was called. Oh, what was that movie? Teen Witch was a Teen, Teen Witch? Witch. I think it was called. Yes, it's an '80s movie, and it's just terrible. Um, oh, we're gonna on the next podcast. We'll we'll let you in on inside uh, of this one. Um, we're gonna break down an, another. I can't remember if it's '80s or early '90s. It may be early '90s. Really? Um, it, it's uh, there's a movie called My Boyfriend's Back. Oh, where, okay. Uh, it's uh. It, it's it's Halloween time. It's spooky season. So yeah. it's the movie is about a girl's boyfriend who is killed and yes. comes back from the dead as a zombie, and she continues to date him as a zombie. <laughs> and how everyone in the everyone is it, it's a dog shit movie. And I cannot wait. I cannot wait to, to discuss it on the podcast with Greg. Yeah, it's like that's going to be our little, ho- the our little dead. Halloween break. Yeah, it's it's pretty horrible. And that, so, that's a good point, though, Kev. Like, so, like, one of the things that we do uh, fairly uh, regularly is like we like to do very topical things based on the season. So, we just got done doing a, the best things about the fall. Like, that was one thing that we do. We do a lot of Halloween uh, uh, stuff. You know, yep. uh, a couple of years ago uh, for Thanksgiving, I surreptitiously recorded my family uh, on a Zoom call. It was during COVID. Um, and basically took that, we clipped it and, uh, made fun of it. Uh, and it was really <laughs> funny, dude. It, it just, cause they weren't, they didn't know that they were being recorded and I kind of told them after the fact. Um, but it was, um, it's just funny cause you just get really raw, uh, like family stuff out there. And it was just like, it just, there's a bunch of characters in my family anyway. So, um, but we do things like that. We do like Christmas drafts. We do, uh, New Year's stuff, like it's just whatever the time of year is, we try to like kind of stay with the season and stuff like that. Yeah, so like Halloween, I think last year we did like, um, you know, the worst horror movie deaths, um, you know, yeah. like the deaths that you or and then we've done the one so there were like the most ridiculous, um, yeah, the like most that hilarious. one with Mama yeah. Mama Fratelli's head exploding, um, <laughs> from a basketball. You got hit with a basketball from a robot. And her head exploded. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so just stuff like that. Um, yeah. Listen, I I hate to jump, 
Uh, I have to run. Um, you're, you're fine. I, I can I can take it from here. So Chris Chris can carry um, and the, the 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 rest. I'm sure he will surreptitiously talk shit on me. <laughs> but, no, no, uh, no, no. Let's. I was so. Thank you so much for uh, having uh, us on here. I appreciate it. Um, you're in good hands with Chris. Um, and uh, I, uh, I appreciate you reaching out to us. Look forward to talking to you again real soon, Marv. Okay. Thanks again for uh, reaching out to me on, on Instagram too. Uh, I very much appreciate it. Um, so we'll talk soon. We will. Bye. All right. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks, gents. Bye, talk Kev. to you soon. Bye. And like that, he's gone. Look at that. He's going to rob a place. Do you see him? He he's wearing black. He's he's in his dark. It's, that's what he's doing. He's going to go. He's going he's to go a, and get his a hoodie. Child. Yeah. yeah. He's got a young child, so I'm sure that probably has something to do with it. So, Kev, um, <clears throat> uh, it, so he said we're in the late 40s. I've got two kids. I'm not sure if you've got kids, Mark. Do you have kids? Lots of nieces and nephews, but no kids. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, I've got two. They're in their teen. T- they're two teenage daughters. Um, so I'm constantly fighting the urge to flee uh, and change my identity, but uh, have not done so yet. Kevin just had his first kid like o- almost two years ago. Okay. So, so he's just getting it. So he literally is at the very beginning of the ride. I'm like further along down the track. So every once in a while, he's got to dip because he's got to go take care of that Bambino, my godson, Bodie. Well, I mean, when they're younger, they need more attention. So, but when they're older, they don't want you anywhere near them. That is pretty much the score. Yeah, yeah. Leave me alone. Close my door. Give me money. That's usually the the sequence of things that happens. Well, we won't bother going into the the draft that I started writing out. Then I was going to do a draft thing where I was going to list all these things, but we'll we'll come to that some other time. Yeah, you have a draft for what? Tell me. Talk, talk to I, me I was, about it. I, I was starting to write out sort of halloween based films and yes. i was going to get you all to get you to select them and then at the end you work out which one is the standout from all the of them for all of them yeah. so do you have specific movies i kevin kevin uh i'm sure can uh chime in on our next uh podcast but we can we could certainly try to take a crack at 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 it if you want and and discuss them what do you have in terms well, of the movies i say i'd only just started writing them out Okay. Now, what kind of movies are these? Are, are your favorite Halloween movies your uh, least favorite? Because there's always some kind of a, when we're doing a draft, there's always some kind of an edge to it. You know, right. like you said. I was just writing general titles. <laughs> okay. I need to put more thought to it and then I'll send it in as a draft. Fair enough. Yeah, bring it in because we are always looking for more things to draft. And, um, you know, obviously um, with, with the seasons and stuff like that. But we've done so many different kinds of drafts. We do... Um, you know, uh, he mentioned like the 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 funniest, most ridiculous Halloween based or, or horror movie based deaths. Um, the things that we hate about Easter is always a good one uh, that we've done that one before. Um, you know, we just talked about the things that we love about fall because I, I think and I don't know uh, weather wise what it's like in your neck of the woods, but we get the seasons around here. So we get, you know, sp- the the summer is very, very hot. The winter is very, very cold. And then you got the spring that can be, you know, kind of in the middle. And then the fall, which in my estimation is the best in terms of how comfortable and wonderful it is. It's very cold outside. I will say that here. Mm-hmm. But if, if I say the temperature, most Americans would be, what's that? 
because we use we use we use centigrade or Celsius in the UK, yeah, don't we? So drop a Celsius, I'm like it's zero degrees. I'm like, oh god, it's 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 three degrees outside. So oh, centigrade, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, that's cold. That's, that's cold. cold. It's cold. Yeah. yeah. And I think there's I think there's a fog which people are used would expect in the England. Uh, yes, fog is is what you are known for. That is definitely something that I'd be uh, London fog. That's right. I believe That's, that might be yeah, a uh, pea soup, as yeah. they call it. Yes, indeed. So is it very foggy there all the time, Marv? Not all the time. No, just just when it gets colder. Which essentially, I mean, fog, you know, we're going all into weather here, aren't we? Essentially, fog is just moisture that's on the ground that's risen up. And that's what it is, really, that's in the air. Exactly. That's all. That's all. Yeah. That's all it is. What? I am in the foggiest. <laughs> See? Uh, <laughs> we keep it light around here. You ought to talk to Graham Class. He could probably use that joke on the Daily Dads podcast. <laughs> Well, Kevin did mention that I just started doing um, stand-up about uh, seven months ago. So I've been doing it pretty regularly every single week, two or three times a week. Hey, this is Brian with Concerts That Made Us podcast, and you're listening to Pods Like Us, a great show about other great shows. Have you heard talking about stand up? Have you heard the rumor that um, uh, uh, Seinfeld and L- Larry are looking at? Um, they said something about they've not said it's a definite, but they're working on something like, so, like a reunion thing for Seinfeld. I, I, yeah. I think they're doing a Seinfeld like, yeah. Thing. I mean, like, so here I, I have mixed emotions about something like that because yep. it's just like. And I, um, I feel this way about most, um, most things that are kind of iconic. It's one of the things that kind of annoys me about entertainment these days, which is you can't really come up with original ideas any longer. Yeah. Like you're just recycling pretty much everything that's already been done. So they just do like a litany of different remakes. And, and it's almost to a degree from, I, I realize that there is a hypocrisy in what I'm saying, because if you think about Bram Stoker's Dracula, that started Gary Oldman and and Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder like like that was you know a movie that was based off of Nosferatu and like like early movies in the the, the 20 like the maybe the most you know Boris Karloff like very very old movies and so me saying well they're not coming up with anything original you know is kind of born out of some level of hypocrisy but I think it's the same thing with with really anything um, from from an entertainment perspective, they just kind of retread these ideas or take a movie that was already iconic. So I think about Seinfeld and say, well, the ending I think people would say was probably not what they expected and perfect. Yep, the show was the show. So the danger is that you bring it back and it ends up being terrible, and then it kind of sullies what you did previously. It's like, why don't you yep. just leave it alone? Uh, have you seen the uh, the new Frasier? You know what Frasier is, right? Oh, yep. We saw the first episode. We yet to watch the second one that's come out, but we we did not like the first episode. It's not very good. No. Again, you're 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 taking something that for for the at the time that show was fantastic. The cast was well done. The and and most of the cast I don't think came back, so that definitely had an impact on it. Um, and it's just, it's like a, a different story. It's not the same kind of, um, chemi- again, chemistry, we talk about bands. It's not the same chemistry. You're bringing other elements that don't really make sense to the story. 
And Frasier in and of itself was a risk because they took that from Cheers. Yeah. The show Cheers, like you took a character from Cheers and said, I'm going to spin it off there. They could have, that could have been a terrible, terrible, because we've seen it happen. They actually took other characters from Cheers. Um, Carla and his, her husband, Eddie, they tried to make a show out of that and it bombed. It was terrible. But yeah. Frasier ended up being very successful. So then he's like, okay, but Hollywood, you know, uh, they, they do those kinds of things and say, you know, let's try to get more out of this. The one person, and I'll, I'll give, and this is a comedian that I absolutely love and I think is brilliant, English comedian that did it right, is Ricky Gervais. He did The Office, and he, he just did a David Brent movie, what, like four or five years ago. That is hilarious. Yeah. So good. But you find that as well with somebody like, um, you know, Sasha Baron, Baron Cohen, who will only do one season of Ali G, then there's a film of it. That's it. I'm on to the next character now. I'm on to Borat. And then that's done with. And then I'm on to the next character. And he's constantly reinventing because he's trying something new. And that's the same with Ricky Gervais, where he just does one or two seasons, like that one where he sees Ghost. That's just yeah. one or two seasons. Yeah, and then that's it, done. Two seasons, yeah. it's over with. And that's the thing. It's like when you, like, if you've captured that lightning in a bottle and you've got that right formula for, for people to really enjoy what you're doing, again, it's the, it's the, but I think that we could do it again kind of mentality that becomes really challenging. They're talking about doing another, I'm not sure if it's a movie. I, I believe it's a, it's like continuing a series for the American office. And the American office was a risk because so many people love the British office and say, you can't mess with that so good. How can you possibly think that you can replicate that? And they were able to do it, it again differently, but have similar tropes inside of the American office and made that really good for a long time. So now they're saying, okay, we're going to do it again. You might get Frasiered, you know? Yep. Well, they might get Joeyed. Or they might get Joey. With, 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 with friends because that, that yeah. did not work. The spin-off for Joey did not work. But then the problem that they had there with that one is the fact that they basically copied verbatim exactly the idea of friends but mm -hmm. essentially put Joey there with a load of other friends. Right. It's like, all right, we're going to replace everybody else that you loved with people yep. that you don't know. And this one character that you like, it's like, ah, probably not going to work. And I get it. Like, look, you know, obviously we are living in a, in a world that is absolutely starved for content. Yeah. So, because you have so many different um, streaming services and medium that like, you have to be able to fill that stuff up. And so you, I, these guys are probably like, we got to figure out something. And so the easy thing to do is to say, well, I can hang my hat on somebody that I at least know that has been liked previously or a concept that's been done before that might be something that people want to revisit or, you know, a group of people like Seinfeld. So that's the, the, for me, that's the risk. And so the only thing that gives me a little bit of pause to say it might be great is because it's Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld doing it. Yeah. And Larry David's already proven that he can go and curb your enthusiasm might be, it probably is funnier than Seinfeld ever was. It's hilarious. But I mean, I mean, I, I think that in some ways, as much as I love what I've seen of Seinfeld, I've not seen it all. I've, I've recently started to do a rewatch so I can catch all of them really. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of the bits that stand out to me, I'm assuming are the Larry David bits in the writing because 
to me, when I see the character George, George mm -hmm. is absolutely Larry David. 100%. Yes. Absolutely. It 100%. And that's the thing. Like, so you, and, and again, you think about the, the character that maybe most remember, like Jerry is somewhat the anchor in that because he's the star. He's the comedian that, you know, they're like this guy that's kind of coming up in the ranks and, and building his, his career and going on the tonight show and doing all this stuff, um, getting a pilot with NBC with George, of course, like those are things that I think, um, again, you like you kind of filter, but the characters around them, are really the more interesting part and particularly George because he is just so he does things just so self-serving and again you look at Larry David that's very much the way that he is in, in curve and it, I, I it, you hear that that's really who he is like that's the guy he's building it off his own characters his character is so quirky in life that he's able to take it make it a little bit hyperbolic and then you know deliver it to the to everybody and everybody loves it consistently everyone's always loved yeah. it but essentially, George and Kramer as well are yep. different aspects of Larry David, but yes, not. But Larry's not exactly the same as them. The sort of those aspects of Larry David to an ex, to a real extreme, yeah. exaggerated. There are these exaggerated yep. like traits of him. So it's the amalgamation of all these things. And to, to a degree, Larry David was a stand-up comic. He was, he didn't, he wasn't, he didn't like be, he wasn't successful at it. Like, I mean, like as successful as he is as a, a writer and a producer or anything like that, but um, he was a stand-up comic. So again, Jerry is in there, right? Like there's all those pieces that's like kind of, the, again, like these different personality traits to your point that have been kind of carved out of him and um, made to be like, this is who he, who, who he is. If his, if the, was that movie um, Inside Out? where all those emotions are in your head and they're all different people. That's yep. kind of like what Seinfeld is. It's just all those different things are characters in Larry David, Larry David's brain. So personally, if they do do something with that, like yeah. you said, I'm looking forward to them being able to do that because the fact that not only have you got those, those two together working, mm -hmm. but also the fact that as we were saying with bands yourself in band, band that you've been in and then band that I've been in as well, mm -hmm. there's something good about the fact that they've kept the relationships with all of the main cast members as well, because you've seen that over the years where Michael, who plays Kramer, you, mm -hmm. you'll see them catching up with each other all over the place. And Julia Louis-Dreyfus, she's all over with, with them. And, and all these people are still in each other's, you know, bubbles. Indeed. Yeah. And I think that's, that it can go really one of two ways and you see bands do it all the time, which is, you know, there are, those contentious things like, and, and again, there's always going to be like friction. That's the nature of creativity is that there's always going to be friction. There's going to be disagreements about things, whatever. And it, and music in particular, because you definitely have a specific kind of way of seeing how things should kind of go together. Right. And, um, or you have a concept of something that maybe somebody's not going to love and that's okay. Like, again, all okay. As long as when you're done, you put it behind you and say, this is all part of that creative process and not necessarily personal things. And so when those things become, and I think in particularly when individuals um, try to rise above what the actual collective has done together yep. is when yep. things get hairy. It's like, well, you know, you're saying that you don't, you know, you, you're saying that you don't want to do this or you don't want to do that. And you get that kind of like egotistical thing. It's like, all right, we're trying to operate as, as a group of peers. And if you start to have this one person that's trying to, to now be the, oh, I'm going to be the leader of this thing and I'm going to direct the traffic, it can get 
and get nasty. But so long as they, you know, we're going to move on these subjects really quickly sure. soon. Yep. But just to just to sort of finish it off in a way, from my point of view, so mm-hmm. long as they don't over egg it in a sense, because mm-hmm. I think if they do too much of it, mm-hmm. it might sour what's been there before. So long as they know we've got we'll, we'll do this amount to it and then we'll leave it there in yeah. a sense. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I I agree with that. I think that again, they're having opinion in, and again, that's where you like really do have to set the table of this is an even playing field with all of us. Like we, we should be all working together to create something and everyone's idea, whether it gets used or not, everyone's like, Hey, maybe we should do a change here or add this kind of sound here or whatever it is like add this, you know, we yeah, had triangle might sound good here, like whatever, like those things are all have their place. And when it comes down to it, if you have a good enough relationship and an honest enough relationship with your bandmates, you could say, you know what? I appreciate that, but nah, doesn't seem to fit. And then it's again, the consensus. Does, does everyone agree with that? And you have to be okay with saying my idea can get shot down. It doesn't mean I'm not a good musician. It yep. doesn't mean these guys don't like me. It just means that that particular one did not land. That's right. Yep. So get, get your list back again, Martin of questions. All right. So, what have we got? So re- recording, crikey, we're only at point number four. So yep. recording and editing then, how how do you do that? That's all me. Um, so again, I've got um, some background in doing video and audio editing before. Coming from music background, that actually helped because yep. you know operating in the studio and working on that kind of stuff with, with the engineers definitely assisted in that. Um, I worked um, at my, one of my corporate jobs, I did a business podcast there. So I'd already like had production um, uh, experience doing that. I've created content for pretty much my entire life in some way, shape or form. So, um, you know, what I did was I, I literally picked myself up by my bootstraps and figured it out. Like I got the right kind of programming. I got the right kind of equipment. I started with USB mics and then moved to, um, XLRs with an audio interface and, you know, kind of like, like along, it got the same thing, right. I, over time, just kind of like got all the things that I needed. I got, you know, I edit with Premiere and Audition. You know, I um, uh, I, I do a lot in After Effects to kind of give it some pizzazz. We try to do, I, I really wanted to make sure that when I was putting something out, that it was something that I would be like, wow, that's really cool if I did it, you know? So the things that you see, like that's all stuff that has been developed by by me using, you know, the tools that were provided to me by really Adobe. So shout out Adobe. <laughs> <laughs> they're they've been a really good uh partner and and just l- learning through youtube so you know uh it is an, i'm sure you know it's an exhausting process it can be a, a difficult process to do, to go through that but um you know it's it, it really is um once you get good at it it is actually kind of fun to put this kind of stuff together yeah. so so how does the editing go about then is there a lot of it or do you just do minimal well, I, I mean, because there's production involved in it, like meaning like if we're breaking down a video, um, uh, I'm usually we're watching the video. I've got a um, I've got a flat screen TV up against the wall. So we're watching it. So I already have it kind of pre-recorded that clip, whatever we're watching. And then I have to kind of like basically take the the because vi- we have a two camera shoot. We've got a, a, a front facing camera here and then we have a camera over here that's pointing at Kevin's chair. Yeah. Um, so I have to take those two pieces and kind of mold them together. So the two shots that you see in our uh, podcast are camera one and camera two, essentially. Um, and then 
so like when we're doing that, I put it together and then I have to like actually have, because the, the, the viewer has to see that what we're looking at too. So I had to put the clip in there and then stop it at the right places. And, you know, so there, there is a, a especially when we're doing things like breakdowns, um, uh, those tend to take longer just because I'm now like pulling in the, the, the video for that. Or we do a lot of, um, because we make a lot of references to like pop culture. So I'll yeah. pop in like a Simpsons reference or a, a Futurama reference or, you know, an old movie reference or something like that. And just drop that clip in there just like for two seconds, just to give people that visual aid as well as the audio aid. So it could take time. I mean, I've got a better computer now. So the, it, the editing or the processing process, the processing timing is way, way down. You take a long, long time. And now it's taken like 20 or 30 minutes. So that's, that's brilliant. Yes. I used to take hours and hours and days sometimes doing edits. And now, uh -huh. wow, I'm glad, I'm glad I don't take that long now. Well, it's uh, the editing part of it. Like the actual constructing it takes probably more time. It takes me at least a day. Um, and it really depends if we're doing like a straight up uh, interview, like we're doing right now, it's super easy. Cause I don't really have to interject anything. We're just talking when we're doing our, our, like basically what I would call our segments, we're doing headlines. We're doing, I have to pop the headline up. If we're doing a scenario, you know, it might put some visual aid in there. If we're doing topic randomizer, it depends on what the wheel lands on. The topic randomizer is uh, a, it, again, kind of a brainchild of mine. I just basically created a, it's 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 not really, it's technically a wheel now, but it didn't yep. used to be a wheel. It used to be a spreadsheet that I had a, um, a formula that randomized what you would land on. So we had these topics that you would have, and then they always end up, it's, I don't know. I feel like it's a, like I have a cursed spreadsheet because it literally, it just drags up all these horrible memories from our childhood or something that we don't want to talk about or something super embarrassing. Um, but they always end up being entertaining for the fans. So I guess it's worth it at the end. <laughs> so um, structure and topic choices then how, how what sort of structure is there? Uh, and I'm guessing the structure is different according to whether it's an interview or chat with somebody else to a normal show. And how do you choose what topics that you um, that you talk about? Um, so like interviews, to your point, I think uh, the key there is uh, and you did a really nice job of getting background on us, like getting background on your the subject, like understanding it, being genuinely interested in and wanting to learn, be curious about their process, understand what got them into what they're doing. Um, again, it makes it easier when you've got corollaries with that individual. So we have the commonality of being in bands. Like, so we could talk about music for hours probably, right. And not get bored about it. Um, and we could talk about like your experiences in, in playing music and where your favorite place to play is and what was your worst gig and things like that will come up. Right. So interviews are really kind of straightforward. Um, the 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 second part of that, I would say, uh, when we're doing a what I would call a standard show, is more about like we'll just he and I will just text each other and say, okay, uh, what kind of a scenario do we want to do this week? And one of us will pop off and say, let's do this one. You know, hey, you're on a you were um, uh, the one we did a couple of weeks ago was uh, you one of your family members has passed away and you have to go and clean their house out. What is the one thing you don't want to find? So that led to some very, very funny conversation about what you really wouldn't want to find in someone's house. Um, so it's like that kind of thing. And then like for breakdown, for breakdown, uh, breaking down videos, it's the same thing. We like find a clip. We're like, this is ridiculous. We should probably talk about this. 
Um, topic randomizer is what it lands on. So now the topic randomizer came, went from a cursed spreadsheet to a cursed wheel. And it's, you just spin the wheel and whatever it lands on, you have to do it, whatever it is. Um, so that's, that's kind of like a self, um, that, that kind of structures itself to a degree. And then drafts, it's the same thing. We just kind of talk about, Hey, what do you want to draft this week? You know, uh, and then we'll, we'll just then come up with what we think are the right draft picks. And then we battle in that and see who wins. So you've got a real wheel of misfortune. It's you're not kidding, man. It uh, maybe one of the worst things, and we just actually referenced it. We just um, released because we do our uh, we always exclusive to Roku first. We always premiere uh, on Roku first, and then we release it um, a few days later out to the the rest of the world. But uh, we uh, we're just talking about the time that we landed on. Uh, I double dog dare you was one of the things that was on the wheel. And Kevin, Double Dog dared us to eat the one chip, that super, super hot chip. Have you ever heard of that thing before? Yeah. 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 You ever eaten it before? No. 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 Don't do it. No. Never do it. No. So stupid Kevin, and I can call him stupid because he's not here, and I would say he was stupid if he was here, was like, let's eat it at the beginning of the podcast as opposed to at the end. And Mm -hmm. actually, I'll give him credit comically. It was pretty brilliant because the entire episode was us just struggling through, trying not to die from that stupid hot chip. It was horrible. Um, so yeah, it is a wheel of misfortune for sure. It's it, it is it, my I, my family has gotten mad at me more than one time for what things stories that have come out be, because of that freaking wheel. Um, yeah. If you ever see the top, I'll, I'll, I'll send you the, uh, the, this, we have a, always have like kind of a, a segue stinger into our, our thing or whatever uh, segment we're doing. And the topic randomizer definitely has a, a, that feeling of dread when you hear it. Cause that's what it is. It is definitely all bad. It's just going to make you do things you don't want to do. Yeah, me. So you've already mentioned how you choose the guest then. What we've got next, music and logo, um, mm-hmm. music, for everything. You know, where, where does all that come from? So the logo we talked about, we got um, uh, Cam from Canvas Design to uh, put that together uh, yeah. based on some concepts that Kevin talked about. Um, the music, actually, interestingly, is from our band, Desiderata. Um, I cool. took maybe our most pop, definitely our most popular song called Medicine, um, and basically I took it and kind of remixed it into what it is, yeah. um, for the, for the theme. And, um, you know, obviously I put together like the, the, the visual behind it too. So, you know, that, uh, we constantly get, we get a lot of feedback about how cool the opening is to our podcast. Everyone really, really digs how we put that together. It's kind of got like this, like kind of very ominous, very start to it. And, um, it's got this very almost disembodied voice kind of saying if you know if you get inside of my head and it kind of echoes out like that's kind of like again it's all uh music from um our album that's on itunes so super cool that we were able to take that repurpose it um and then uh put that together out there it wasn't always like that i think like two or three years ago is when i put that that opening together I mean, my, my music's my, my own as well. They're just little bits of music that I've had lying around that I just thought, you know, that sounds cool for a podcast. Pop that at the beginning and pop this at the end. That's the, that's yeah. the, that's the, that's the music. That's it. Right on. And again, it's, it's one of those things that it's, if, if it's catchy, if it's, 
you know, um, it, it, and it's yours too, yep. like, which yep. is m- most important this, the podcast is about you as much as it is about the people that you're talking to. Right. Yep. And then I don't get any problems either from anybody having to pay anybody to do the music. Yeah, exactly. Right. Isn't it nice being a musician? So cool. It is cool. <laughs> Having all the instruments behind me to do it with. Oh, yeah. You can just do whatever you want. Then the keyboard's underneath the laptop right now. Oh, right. There you go. So you've got it all right right in your studio. It's amazing, too. It's like one of the interesting things that I find uh, about talking to podcasters and or musicians, like everybody that we're talking to always has like this kind of equipment just lying around next to them. They're in their own little studio. You know, my studio is, for all intents and purposes, my man cave. This is where I live in this room. Um, And I have the most fun in this room. Certainly not the bedroom anymore. I've been married for 20 years. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, it's Gil from the Mind Today's Mind Culture and Social Podcast. And you're listening to Pods Like Us. those things there that i'm pointing to they're actual didgeridoos didgeridoos i was about to say they looked like i was going to ask it was either that or they were um like uh you like were a karate expert you had like like those bow staffs (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's two two didgeridoos two two australian didgeridoos there that's incredible that's awesome uh, and then i've got the tambura and the sitar in the corner that you can't see as well yeah you got a whole you got a whole thing there man that's great I remember looking, so uh, Brian Quinn, the the guitarist that Kevin was referencing before, yep. the guy from Candlebox, um, he did his uh, interview via Zoom in his studio, and he just had walls of guitars. Like, if you go go back and, and see it, I'll, uh, the the Brian Quinn interview, um, I was just like, basically the entire time I was barely able to talk, so I was like, I just want to play all those guitars. Like, there were I've, so many cool guitars in there. I've not got that many. No, you've got to, but that's still, I'm sure there are probably, you got pretty good. What's your favorite guitar? My favorite is the Telecaster. Ah, yeah. All right. Yeah. And then my second favorite is I've got an Ibanez Art Core, which is similar to a, to an old 335. Yeah. Ooh, I do like an Ibanez. So the the idea is that, I mean, I mean, I'm going really into the things here. This is going to bore some people that don't know anything about music. But it's right. Hey, it's, wait, learn something, you, you loser. <laughs> but I, I like the so the, the Telecaster I'll use for the for the really distorted bits because there's something yeah, about yeah. a Telecaster where no yeah, matter what pretty. you do, you can do really dirty chords. Oh, yeah, yeah. But they sound they still sound great. Yep. So it's really good for dirty, distorted chords. Whereas the the art call that's like a 335, that's gorgeous for like, like if you want to do like a funky clean yeah you know sort of rhythm side of the pickups on that yep. on the rhythm setting for a yeah, nice yeah. like you know like a like i said like a funk chord or something if you want that or yeah. if you want to do a jazz chord yeah you know so you, you've got the different guitars for the different like tones yeah and i think that's where like again when you start getting your super nerdy and you can really get into a uh, it could be a, a financial burden if you're not careful. You could be like, I, I want I want a guitar for pretty much every flavor that I want. You know what I mean? Um, it's, it's actually one of the things that I like about, and it really is about the guitar. Like a lot of people say, oh, you can use, use processors and things like that. I mean, it's not the same. No. It's the guitar that matters. It really is. But, um, and and bass-wise, I can't decide between the, uh, what have I got? I've got a five-string uh, five precision and a four-string jazz. 
Ooh. And I can't, I can't, I can never pick one over the other. It depends on what it's going to be playing, whatever song it, you know, fits. It's nice to have options. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah, the Steinberger hasn't been played for about 30 years. No, no, it's been sitting on the shelf, huh? No, that's been sat on the shelf, you know, because who plays one of those nowadays? Those stick yeah. bass things, you know, the, the old Steinberger bass. Yeah, nobody does that really. <laughs> quintessential uh, on on most music videos in the 1980s one yes. of those oh my god you see them everywhere you do you do and they cost a fortune oh yeah yeah forget it so i'm saying it can be a real financial burden if you're not careful it's <laughs> spend all your money on guitars didn't cost me that much when i bought it back in the early 90s i'll show you. that's the beautiful thing is like when you have the guitars you don't have to worry about going and buying more and you don't want to you just like be like okay because you go out now it's like whoa how much you say that was? Yep, yeah, it cost. I think it cost me three hundred pounds. I think in the early nineties, yes. and now you look online, they're, they're about between one and a half to two grand or something. One of those. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like that's it. Like all right, yeah. Well, I'm not buying that. I can no. swing the three hundred, three, three to four hundred dollars. I'm about the twenty five hundred dollar, thirty eight hundred bucks. You go into Guitar Center or like or Sam Ash or something like that around here. It's like you pick, see some of these guitars. You're like, wow, this sounds beautiful, but I cannot buy it. No, 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 too expensive. So hot takes. What do I mean by hot takes? I don't know. Um, do we have hot takes? Do we usually... have any hot takes? I know. Well, I put. I know. I put a hot take up earlier where I think that the James Bond film A View to a Kill is better than No Time to Die. I do like a view to a kill and uh, I did like no time. I'm a big bond fan. I've, okay. I, I'm admittedly a huge bond fan. So um, I, I wouldn't hate, I don't hate that take. I don't like, um, I, I think that uh, view to a kill is a fantastic movie. It's Roger, a fun film. Yeah. It's a great film to watch. It's really, really good. And like, I, I would say that I don't try to think, I don't know that I, there is a Roger Moore bond movie that I didn't like. I think I liked them all. Every yep. single one of them. Um, now, okay, so I'm going to put it to you since you're a Bond guy. Rank your Bonds from least Bondy to most Bondy or the best Bond to the worst Bond, however you want to do it. It's difficult because, you know, Daniel Craig, I like yeah. him as Bond, but I don't think he's, I don't think all of his films are good. Okay. What, so which you're saying that the Bond films themselves were not good? So didn't like Skyfall or didn't like um, Quantum of Solace Ooh. or... I thought Casino Royale was incredible. It, I thought that was, was a fantastic film. That it, Definitely top three of all Bond films that I ever... Yep. I, really, really good. Yep. I think that's up there. That that might be there just after Goldfinger and From Gold Russia Fingers with Great. Love. Yep. Also very... Both really, really good. Which are my two wow. favorite Bonds, those two. Yeah. So, but you, you, you skirted the question. So you say that Daniel Craig, and you could do it based off of, don't do it based off the film. Okay. okay. Think about it. Like if you were thinking about Batman, like uh, this, is, this is a question that I, uh, comics and I talk about this all the time. Like who is the best Batman? Uh, and I think, I think it's pretty common that everyone talks about it. I think, but bond is another one of those. You could say, okay, yeah. you have, right. And you got to take the, what was the one, the one guy, I always forget his name. The, he was like Willoughby, some George something or other. What the hell? The George Lazenby. Yep. On a Majesty's Secret Thank Service. You. I like yeah. that film. That was a good film. I, but him as a bond, 
Okay. You said, you know, yeah. he wasn't given a chance. Here we go. I'm going to give you another hot take. I think Timothy Dalton, uh, if he'd been allowed to do more than the two films, because the two that he did, mm-hmm. I think he would be number two after Connery. Ooh. Yeah. You know what? I liked Timothy Dalton as Bond. I didn't, yeah. I thought he was really good. Mm. Um, yeah. He didn't have enough movies. He only had two, right? right. It was just two. Yep. Yeah, you just did the uh, two. And then he went to Pierce, and it was Pierce Brosnan that Brosnan after him. It was it was Timothy Dalton, then Pierce Brosnan, right? Yep. It's tricky because I might go Connery, Dalton, Roger Moore, and then it, I'm, we're going into the tricky bits. Then, aren't we? Because then mm-hmm. if I go, then if I go Roger Moore, ooh, I, I'm it's stuck. That- I'm stuck between Pierce and and Daniel, and then George is at the bottom. Even though I do love that one film. And I don't know which order to put Daniel and Pierce. Yeah, that's that's a tough one. I would probably go. I probably fairly align with you. I don't know if I would put Dalton too. I do like him, hmm. uh, but Sean Connery by far is numero uno. Like yeah. he's the, the original. He's the best. Um, I'd probably go second, Roger Moore. Okay. Then, hmm. I really did like Daniel Craig. I would say Daniel Craig, Timothy Dalton, Pierce Brosnan, and then um, George Lazenby. Lazenby. Yep. Yep. That's a good good shout. Yeah. Yep. Um, I don't know how hot of a take that is, but I gave you the best shot I had for, at least for the Bond conversation. Um, Yeah. The problem they've got with Daniel Craig is that, and I've said this before, is that to other people, is that, Daniel Craig had got fed up with it after 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 two or three films, mm-hmm. and in a sense, they might have been better to actually have just let him go in a sense and gone for another Bond in a way because it's almost like he didn't want to really be there after the third film. Right. Yeah. If you're not going to be like committed to the character and be as good as you can be in the character, and part of that too, I think, has to do with the writing, right? So if the writing is yeah. not great then you're probably not going to have a good time, no matter what. It's not going to be good. Um, but if, and I think the stories, for the most part, with Daniel Craig's were, were I mean, the first one was awesome. Yeah. Second one, it was is a bridge story. Um, Spectre, I thought, like, introducing Christoph Waltz as um, uh, uh, Blazinski, was his name, last name? Um, they should have just admitted Blofeld, from the Blofeld. beginning that he was Blofeld and not done yes. all this pretend you know, oh, I'm yeah. not. You know, I'm this person, and then all of a sudden, at the end, they call him Blofeld, and it's like, okay, you could have just done that from the beginning. Yeah, like that was supposed to be the big reveal for you. Yeah, was that? I mean, like, and I, I do like, and Christoph Waltz is an actor. I think he's fantastic. So yes, yeah. um, you know, I, I, it's interesting because I think that, uh, well, I did they revisit that in at all, and I think they did right in No Time to Die. I only watched it once. So Blofield, yes. yep. yeah, he comes back. So. Yeah, because he goes, he goes to visit him, doesn't he? Yes, he does in That's prison right. or wherever he is. Yeah. So now, but but I think Dan, he, uh, this Bond is, you know, spoiler alert, not going to be around anymore. Um, so who's next? Yeah, I, I've not got a clue. Yeah, don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Only time will tell. Hmm. Maybe they could do a spinoff. Oh Lord. Ah, oh, great. Money Penny, the series. No, I don't no, want to see it. That. It'll be that be that girl that became 007. 
Yeah. Well, again, they could go that route. They could go the route of trying to like really turn it on his ear or something like that. I heard for a period of time, Idris Elba was being looked at as a bond, which I think he would be really good. Um, uh, I think, uh, yeah, you can do it. Like, again, you can, those stories, I think you can mess with because there's so many, I think that, you know, there's enough source material that you could really, um, you know, put together a, interesting compelling character that is completely different from the other bonds but still very bond yeah i mean there's there's a good there's a good you know quote for that which uh, i saw a video clip of um uh sean connery and he mm-hmm. was speaking about bond and he was saying how he, he was qu- he was completely honest and he said he said look he says i'll be honest he says i've only read one and a half of the books mm-hmm. and he said because he found that the lack of humor in the books and it's straight laceness throughout the entire book. I mean, I've I've read four or five of the books, and I can see where he comes from. And he said that to him, the films are more interesting because you have got that espionage and the you know the the whole spy thing going on that's in the books a lot. Mm-hmm. But he said you've also got humor in the films that's not in the books. So to him, that's what attracted him with the films was the little bits of humor that were thrown in there. And I. I I agree with that. I I like the idea. Like and again, if the, the source material is got to be palatable for a wider audience. So if it's just a straight sp- spy thriller, that's going to meet a very niche audience. audience yeah, a very. Yep. But having a, a character like Bond, where you can really kind of play with um, you know, the the different aspects of his character, his womanizing his um kind of like devil may care attitude all the time like no regard for his himself ever you know his uh, uh, incredible ability to pretty much do anything like his awesome vehicles his messing with q like those are all things that i don't know like is necessarily translatable from the book i think that that was added as seasoning so that you can make a more universally palatable palatable to uh, a wider audience yeah, I mean, there's a character that Q is based on in the books. Mm-hmm. Uh, Major Boothroyd, he's in the books, mm-hmm. um, uh, but Q, Q as in Q, is not in the books as such. But then again, I mean, you know, I said to somebody who does who does a James Bond podcast, and we were we were chatting, and I, and, we, and he said something about he put up this like fan done. Pick, pick poster of this film, and he says, "Oh, you know, in a few years, we, you know, do like this," and it said license renewed or something. Mm-hmm. And that's a title from a James Bond book by another author that's not Ian Fleming. And I said to him, I said, well, really? I said, I don't see why they can't go to source material mm-hmm. like that, that has a more um, filled out character of James Bond. Mm-hmm. And then look to that, in essence, look to those books for source ideas i mean it's a bit like that it's a bit like the marvel universe because none of the films are exactly like the comics were that they are named after now i'm a big comic book guy too and like i you definitely know the difference like there's there is a lot i mean there's a lot they got right but there's a lot that they really didn't like character wise that's why some of the people that are like die hard comic book fans look at those movies and they're like i like them but i don't love them because they didn't, you know, it's just even calling the Infinity Stones not the Infinity Gems is a problem in yeah. the comic book community. You know what I mean? Like, that's a problem. Uh, that was a decision made by by the studio to make that adjustment. And, you know, it, it to a degree, they don't realize that, again, albeit a portion, smaller portion of the entire audience that goes to see those movies, because not 
I'd say what 90% of those people are not huge comic book fans. Yeah. You're alienating that 10%. That's like the diehards that are like, Oh, if you would have just done this a little bit different, I'd have been so much happier. Yeah. But uh, well, that that's the industry, isn't it? You know, D- Disney and you know, you can understand it. They're wanting to make money. So they will go more towards the 90%. Listen, uh, one thing that I have learned from doing comedy um, and doing it in front. So comedy uh, comparative with music is very different because yep. in music, you are in a collective group of people, unless you're doing an acoustic gig and it's just you. Most of the time you're with your band. So, and it's, you're playing music, you're singing songs. Um, uh, people may be familiar to people, may not, depending on whether you're doing covers or you're doing your own stuff. But it's a different animal than going up there and telling jokes and just being you. It's a very naked experience. Um, one of the things that's interesting, though, is because I write every day. Like, it's just one of those things I, I'm super committed to getting better at being funny uh, on stage. And having material is really how you get there. And then cultivating that material is how you get better at it. Um, but there's often times where, like, you write down a joke and you tell the joke. And the joke in your head feels hilarious. But when you get yeah. on stage, boy, does the crowd not like it. It's just, it doesn't work. Uh, and um, and that varies too. Like when you go from place to place, if I'm doing, I, I, I've i done, I, it's a nice great example. Before I got to, to do this interview, I was doing stand-up. And yeah. material I did literally last night that killed got nothing tonight. So it was wow. just like, ah, it's, and you just don't know. It's, a lot of it has to do with the people that are listening to you. Um, and the crowd, when you're in a room full of comedians, it's always hardest, hardest to make them laugh. Um, and it was mostly comedians tonight, which I understood. And most of those comedians already heard it yesterday. So it's probably why they weren't like busting a gut, but, um, yeah, that's what it is. It's like, you have to like, think about and similar to that, that corollary with like things like Marvel or bond or whatever kind of entertainment where you've got source material that it came from, that was born from where you're saying, this is what it should be. If you're a huge Uber fan of that, I remember Perfect example of that. Uh, I don't know if you know, uh, if you're a fan of Stephen King, Um, but Stephen King did a series of books, probably nine of them, I think, called The Dark Tower. Yeah. And everybody and their brother has been trying to take this set of books and make it into a series, a series of movies, whatever. They've been dead for years trying to figure out how to nail it. And for someone who has not only read those books once, but maybe five or six times, because I love them so much. That's how good the story is and how much I love the way that it was written. I I almost don't want them to try. They tried it one time in that movie with Idris Elba, who, uh, an actor I really respect and like, and uh, it just didn't work at all. It just failed miserably. They just could not have gotten it more wrong. Yeah. But then again, I mean, th- there's a lot of famous instances of Stephen, Stephen King not liking uh, screen yeah. adaptations of his of his books this is a true statement and generally speaking when stephen king is involved in the film of his books they're often bad like the shining that was done by kubrick is maybe one of the best films ever but also infinitely better than when stephen king tried to redo it like 20 years later 30 years later yeah his version of it was like very true to the material because you know like the idea of uh the the uh of jack having the Croquet mallet, like that was a big part of that. And and like uh, how Jack actually ended up dying in the book is way different than how he ended up dying in the film that Kubrick did. It's actually completely different. 
It was yep. a boiler explosion in the book. And it was him freezing to death in the in the movie. Yep. Totally different. Um, but again, sometimes it's the taking the source material and making it something, especially somebody who's not like married to it so much, like a Stephen King would be, or a uber fan of that particular material. It's a little bit easier to be able to let go and say, I just on its own merit, I can watch this movie, The Shining, and be terrified by it and think it's great. Yep. But uh, I mean, I mean, in in a sense, that's why when they did the um, the, the the film with uh, Ewan McGregor, uh, was mm-hmm. it Doctor Doctor Sleep? Doctor Sleep. Yep. They had to do an almost crossover, so they had to take, and they had to say, didn't they? I think they had to say to Stephen King, look, because of because people will go to the Stanley Kubrick, we've got to make some sort of link to that film, essentially. Yep. Yeah. And he had to give in to that and sort of say, yeah, okay, then we'll, we'll, we'll try and do sort of like a meeting of the two. So what was in the book, what's in Dr. Sleep that works for me and marry mm-hmm. it, marry it to the Stanley Kubrick. So they had to make a, because the books, Dr. Sleep, that, that is based on as a follow on to the shining. The yeah. shining. Oh, I the read book it. Fo- yep. a follow on to the book. So therefore, the way that Dr. Sleep works in the, in the film is different to how it works in the book because yeah. they're both from different sources. Right. But you have to, but, but people who are saying like, okay, this is the sequel to the shining. There's only one thing that comes to mind and that's the Kubrick version of it, not his. Yeah. So you have to be able to be true to that material or it's really not going to work for the, because they'd be like, well, wait, the backstory here has changed and it can't. Like the backstory is the backstory. If we're continuing the story, it's canon. You have to let that stand on its own and continue on with it for the most part. And I think that the good thing is that because the the story in Dr. Sleep is so much different than The Shining, like it's the continuation of Danny and his life yep. uh, and what happens and how he gets involved in some more, we'll call it supernatural shenanigans. Um you know, but it's a really the the book was great. The movie I really liked the way they did it. I thought it was really well done. Hugh McGregor was awesome. Um, really good villain, like all good stuff. Loved yeah. it. Yeah. Hi, I'm Bob Jeffy from the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. You're listening to Pods Like Us. By the way, do you know where whales and dolphins get their news? From podcasts. Bye for now. So what standout moments are there from the from your show then that you'd like people to uh, possibly listen to? You know, almost like a the best of the show for people to go back to. Yeah, oh, there t- like it's so many things that and again, I um it's it's hard to be a, a super fan of the stuff that you do yourself, <laughs> but there are things that uh like Stinko de Mayo is definitely something if you've not experienced Stinko de Mayo not only because it's so super fan interactive because that's really what we're doing it for is so that the, the fans can compete against each other as much as he and I compete against each other. Yeah. Um, it has prizes and stuff like that. And it's always so funny because we're just talking about literally the worst things of a time period, music and, and movies and TV and fads and basically creating a, like the, the where, where it was born was, um, through missing March Madness, which is a college basketball tournament that happens over here in the States, if you know about it. Yep. Um, and there's these brackets of these different teams that are competing against each other. So we did, I said, I want to do that with things that suck. Movies, TV, music, fads. And then, you know, so go back and watch some Stinko de Mayos because those, like, those are always funny. Um, 
because we just are just basically ongoing. We go deep into the into the um, source material and like who created it and why they created it and how many episodes of this show was on and you know like some music like hey where are they now like we'll do that kind of stuff to kind of give you some background around it. Um, so uh, that for sure, I'd say. Uh, we talked about the one chip challenge earlier. That episode just so funny because of the amount of pain that you just see us being through the entire episode um, is a really good one. Um, the uh, again, some of my favorite episodes are um, the episodes where we did we've done some interviews. So we did DJ Bonix is one of my favorite ones with Wiz, uh, Wiz Khalifa's DJ now Snoop Dogg's DJ. Yeah, uh, and friend, he's a really good guy and um, very open about his experiences. Um, uh, I, I did like, uh, we had, uh, Greg Stone, he's a comedian with, uh, Anthony DeVito and Brendan Ayer there. They had a podcast called the Rad Dude podcast, uh, which is now Friday night. Greg is just Greg Stones. And that was one of my favorite episodes. Actually, I think that was the first, when we were getting onto Roku it was the first one I chose to play on Roku because I love it so much. Um, and, uh, it's just cause it was those comedians and, and Kevin and I just in, just chaos, pure chaos. And it was just so freaking funny. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, so, you know, we did, uh, there was a couple of times where the topic randomizer landed on um, um, from the mouse. of It was the, the topic randomizer topic was called from the mouse of babes. And I had to interview my kids on the podcast. Those are very, very funny. So go back and listen to those. <laughs> those are, those are rough. Because it's very, very, so think about, and this is that my kids are respectively um, now 12 and 16. This is when they were much, much younger. Like, you know, so if you have, if you know about, you've got nieces and nephews, imagine trying to get a, 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 like a 10 year old or an 11 year old to sit down and actually talk to you coherently for a period of time. Yeah. It's a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Those are things that kind of like stick out to me. I mean, obviously I like every episode has its own like funny, oh, or the, the one, maybe one of my favorite breakdowns ever. Um, there's actually something that we we we've taken because we have pretty long podcasts. They're like an hour and a half usually. Um, there's one that we, so we take little clips of it. So if you want to go get a taste of one, uh, go look at head. It's it's a, on YouTube. It says it's called Headspace Elderly Persistence, and it is maybe one of the fun it, because usually on breakdowns, um, uh, at least from my perspective, I don't like. Kevin to see it ahead of time. I want him to get yep. it cold. And this one, he got cold and he was not expecting what he got. <laughs> it is very, very funny. <laughs> Elderly persistence. Go check that one out too. Brilliant. So what advice would you give to people wanting to do their own podcast? Um, I Look, he, when we started it, um, I didn't know that it would get to the level that it did. I'm happy with where it is right now. Um, yeah. Obviously, always wanted to be more than it is and continue to grow it. And, you know, but when we started, you know, we had friends and family listening, right? And that's what's going to happen for you. I guarantee you. If you're going to start a podcast, it's going to be, unless you're doing something that's niche, which is like, hey, I'm going to do a reaction video to this or whatever. Like, yeah, you're going to get views. And if that's what you're looking for and seeking it, you're not doing it necessarily just to get like, that if that's the way that you want to express your creativity, cool. Um, but again, it's a it's a building process and you have to be patient with it. It's not something that you just immediately get, you know, thousands of viewers or listeners or something like that. It takes a long time and you have to promote yourself. Yep. You know, um giving out consistent material, keeping it fresh, um, 
you know, again, a lot of it has to do with uh, the, the chemistry that you have with the people on it. If you're doing it with other people um, or you're interviewing people, being prepared, I think is, is another part of it. And then really good production. Like, don't make it sound bad. Don't make it look bad. If it sounds or looks bad, then you're going to have a hard time getting people to want to watch it or see it or listen to it. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think the, those, like, and again, be prepared. One of the things that, um, I, and I've, I've done it. Like I've been on podcasts. I've been interviewed on podcasts where there's not been a lot of structure where you just talk and those are fine. Those are great. I could do them all day. Yeah. I talk basically for a living in some way, shape or form all the time. So I can do that, but have a plan. Don't just like kind of go into it and expect things to happen and be like, all right, why is this not working? It's usually because you didn't think about what you were going to say, not necessarily write it down, but have at least a, a, a direction that you're going. And you can't, but don't be too, but don't be overly rigid with it too, where you're so structured that it becomes scripted, you know, unless again, that's what the podcast is about. There are a lot of scripted podcasts out there that are like stories and stuff like that. So, you know, uh, there are, there are literally billions of podcasts out there. Billions. Yeah, there are. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. Like you said, you know, I mean, I mean, this, this show has a background structure mm-hmm. as you've seen through the bullet list. That I sent yeah. and I sent to everybody, yeah. Yeah. but that allows for then knowing where you're going to. But if you go into other areas, I'm okay with that, you know, because yeah. you know it's just to make sure that you have a structure that you're going to follow. And if you go into any area that you're interested in, mm-hmm. just go into that area and then just rein it back in at certain points to keep the flow going. We've done it like three or four times just in the last like half an hour where we've been talking about bond and, and we're talking about like Stephen King and talking about movies and, and, re, and, and entertainment and guitars. Like we've gone all over the map, but, but you go back to those things. It's facilitation. It's having an agenda, you know, essentially it sounds like, a, like a business meeting, but to a degree it is, you're having a conversation with somebody. You have like kind of this, these things that I want to know about you, or I want to discuss with you. And if the wind blows us into a different direction for a little bit, it's okay. As long as we find them way back to the path. And I think that's sometimes where people get jammed up. Um, and I've seen that happen where people get frozen up on podcasts because they're really not prepared um, and they are trying to figure out where to go next. So it's it's tough. So you just, again, make sure that you, if you're going to do it, I think that anything that you do, you should do with with quality and and um, you, gotta, you have to love it too. If you put something out that you don't like, then probably shouldn't be doing whatever that is. Yep. Yep. If, if you start to do a show and you don't feel it, change the way that it is because you, you've not got those listeners at the very beginning anyway you've got that time to be yeah. able to build and make it into the show that suits you as a person and you like doing absolutely and you know and again sometimes it's just that some of those moments those key moments where you know you've got something and being able to like to really really ride that one home like i guess it was like the second episode we ever did and it was yeah. only when we were audio um we talked about uh, it was we were we were talking about catching our parents having sex, and like we yes. both have experience with it, right? Yeah, I heard and, that one, and it was like, you know, <laughs> was not well received by really my parents in particular. I think Kevin's parents were not as they didn't care as much, but my parents were. My mom in particular was not happy that I told that story, and. Um, so we did this, the next episode we did, we, um, we had a plan to basically write apologies, but the twist in it is that they're not apologies at all. 
like, so it starts off very, very matter. Like, um, you know, I feel really bad that I did this kind of thing. And we have this sad uh, walking away music with the Incredible Hulk playing in the background. It's our music. Perfect. <laughs> so we read these written music. You know, we really wanted to make sure, like made a big deal of it. Made sense. You guys got to listen. Make sure that you listen. We're going to apologize for what we did. We don't feel good about it. And it just takes, it just, again, turns, a, makes a big fat left turn. And next thing you know, we're just talking about all the horrible things that we are going to disclose going forward. And so as bad as it was that I had disclosed these things to my mom about, you know, the, me catching them having sex, which she obviously knew because she saw me catching them. Uh, it was the litany of things that I was just alluding to in the apology that I was going to talk about, like where in the house that I had sex, you know, the the kinds of drugs that we did on the back porch, like all these things <laughs> that we just didn't know about. So so imagine like you're sitting there, oh, I'm going to get this really great apology. And it turns into the direct opposite of that. And I remember when we did that episode, um, I remember not talking to my mom for a while because she was really, really pissed after that. But I also remember when we sent that out to, to people and said, hey, can you take a listen to this? They were like, that was really, really funny. What you guys did there was really, really funny. So that's when you know that you're on something. Okay, got to keep on. It's kind of this track of, you know, being really open and honest. That's the other thing too, being open and honest, you know, like uh, being really upfront about who you are and why you do the things that you do, I think is important. Absolutely. So what other podcasts do you like to listen to outside of your own? God, I listen to so many. Um, and I started getting into some of the podcasts on Roku. I've listened to your podcast. I've listened to... Um, I mean, I listen to some of the the other like standard ones that you know a lot of people listen to. I guess like I'm obviously a big fan of comedy, so I listen to a lot of comedy podcasts. Like um, Matt and Shane's Secret um, podcast is really great. Um, Joe Rogan's awesome, especially if you've got a lot of time to kill. It's like three hours long of content, which is pretty great. Um, I'm a big fan of the Legion of Skanks. They're very funny, uh, very and and again, unapologetically skanky. That's what they do. They're just and again, I I uh, grew up on New York comedy. Um, love New York comics. Um, I um, I'm going to be performing in New York in the near future. Um, so like th that, and that's a dream of mine. Like it's one of those like this is my stand up goals. Here's one of them. I want to go uh, do you know go play in you know do spots in the city. How cool would that be? You know. So uh, Legion of Skanks have always been like those guys have been um, uh, really really funny. Um, I like uh, your mom's house. I like um, Two Bears, One Cave. I know I like Burt Cast. I mean, a lot of comedy podcasts. I listen to a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, and again, like I'm just starting to get into some of the other podcasts. There's um, a true crime pack podcast called Reverie. I really like. Um, yeah. yeah, there's, there's, I mean, like, listen, I, I am a, I am a consumer, a huge consumer of podcasts. I listen to them all day, every day. Um, and I got Sirius XM too. So I'll catch some stuff on that too. Reverie is a really good uh, crime crime show yeah. and re really good production quality on that as well. It's she's fantastic. She's great. Like that's that's one that um I really dig. Um God, I feel like I, I feel like you're asking me to like list all my favorite people in the world. Like the there's too many to, to name. Like um Florida Men on Florida Man on Florida Men or Florida Men on Florida Man's a really good one if you've never heard of that one. Um Fiddly Dickings, very funny, very silly. Um I just, just the things that I'm just kind of thinking off the top of my head. There's so many like, and that's the brilliant thing about podcasts is like, 
And that's and the, those all the ones that I just kind of just kind of like rattled off are all very different in their own way. There's some yeah. themes to them. Some of them are very funny in comedy. Like there's some very straight up interview type things. There's the true crime ones that are really, really interesting. And again, well done. Uh, Page well-researched. So like really appreciate that. You know, but they all bring something a little bit different, you know, and that's, again, going back to what you said, like if you're going to create a podcast, stand out. Like yep. if you want to, if unless you're doing it, if you're just doing it for you, which you should be doing it for you, but if you're just doing it for you and you don't want to like make it something, do whatever you want, yeah. you know, but if you're doing something and you're saying, Hey, I want to be able to stick out. Cause you remember you're one in a billion, a billions. How are you going to get out there? And the fact that yeah. you have made it to as far as you have is super impressive and you should be proud of what you've accomplished. That's incredible. Thank you. But I mean, you, you, you were, I mean, I, I didn't mention it earlier on uh, and I meant to, but when you were both saying earlier on the things, these things that you do in your show, that other people do in their shows, Mm-hmm. The difference, the difference there is, it's you two that make the show that give it that that something different that those other shows don't have, essentially, right. which is where we're going in a way, is because if you put yourself out there and you're honest with who you are in these mm-hmm. shows, that is what will bring people to stay with the show, essentially, you as a person and what you portray is what pulls people in. Otherwise, like we've said, there, there are millions and billions of podcasts out there. If yeah. there's one that you don't like, there's one that's very similar that you might like, and it's your own personality that initially pulls people in. And that's what you hope is that, that and again, if that's, if you're doing it because you're any, and you meant great point, like, Hey, look, um, it's very difficult to come up with, what you would consider to be like crazy original ideas is it's, it's difficult to get that lightning and about figure out one thing out that no one ever did before. A lot of things, if not everything, most things have been done. How do you put your spin on it? How do you make it yours? And um, I think that's what we, we tend to do well. And it has to do a hundred percent with just he and I being able to talk the way that we are able to talk, you know? Yeah, yeah absolutely. That comfort level. Anyway, thanks for speaking with me today, Chris. Marv, thank you so much. Thank you for staying up late, and I appreciate you um, and hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you. You will. Anyway, where can people find you then, Chris, and get hold of you? Oh, yes, sir. Right. So uh, you can go to Roku on the Pod Nation TV, and we are on 7 to 8.30 on Thursdays and Fridays. So check us out there. You can check us out on Twitter at digging. Unfortunately, it's not digging in the dome because I think it's too long. It's just digging dome everywhere else. It's digging in the dome, Instagram, Facebook, um, on uh, YouTube. It's digging in the dome channel. You can go find us there, subscribe, like it, do all that stuff. Um, We're literally everywhere. You can't not find it. If you put digging in the dome in a Google search, you're going to find a lot of stuff, including our website. So go check us out there. um, And, um, Come come check us out uh, on Roku, obviously, primarily. And we want to keep pumping that thing up. While we're at it, because I keep forgetting about that. And thank yes. you for reminding me. Uh, <laughs> pods like us, if anyone wants to uh, wants to go to Roku, they can do the, exactly the same. Go, go to, uh, you know, look at uh, Pod, Pod Nation. And we are on, on a Sunday, but I can't for the life of me, what time, remember what time it's on Eastern or or. PST because I'm in the UK and I can't remember the times over there. <laughs> that's okay. Sorry. Just go and find it. It'll be there. Just go listen, watch and listen to all the stuff that's on the Pod Nation 
uh, Pod Nation Television. It's a uh, it's really cool to be part of something that's just building up now. And uh, I feel like the the talent that we've got on that channel, including yourself, is really really solid. I'm very excited to be part of the family there. And um, you know that's that's going to be I think big for um, for us as a collective unit and keep on growing that thing. And so keep on watching, folks. Absolutely. Anyway, you can also find Pods Like Us on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter. I won't call it X and Threads. Oh, and we're on we're on TikTok as well. We put some videos up occasionally. Oh, yeah. yeah, we're yeah. on TikTok too. At Digging in the Dome on TikTok. So you, if you go there. The, the the great thing is not only will you get some of our wonderful clips uh, from from the show, you also get a little bit of my stand up in there. So you can go take a look at that. OK, anyway, thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you're listening again to another episode of Pods Like Us. Thank you.